boy, there are some things you just can't unsee. You wish you could, but you can't unsee, and that's Dave Spencer doing yoga. So seriously, uh, we're one week out for wrapping up our series, Can't Touch This. Uh, we've looked at a lot of uh, issues, concerns over the three segments that we've had. We started last fall, winter, and now we're wrapping things up uh, this in the next week or so. And, uh, you know, today our subject is this, fortune cookies, yoga, and other things. And you go, what in the world are we going to be talking about this morning? Uh, it's interesting, you know, uh, nothing tops off a great Chinese buffet meal like a fortune cookie. They are great, and no matter how much you eat, you always have room for a fortune cookie, and everybody's interested to see if it's going to match up with life. It's just going to be some outrageous thing, some crazy thing, and uh, you just look for those and you enjoy that. And uh, when we get into looking at fortune cookies, there can be all kinds of unusual messages. Um, one I found out there, have you, you have rice in your teeth? And uh, some of us would look to check out. Uh, sometimes you get one that says run, and everyone looks around. This is one of my favorite ones. Marriage lets you annoy one special person for the rest of your life. Some of you are experts at that. Uh, another one, uh, borrowed. There we go, here we go. Borrowed money from a pessimist. They don't expect you to pay it back, so that's always a good idea. You will read this and say, geez, I can't, could come up with a better fortune than that. The fortune you seek is in another cookie. <laughs> Stop procrastinating starting tomorrow. Last one, I cannot help you, I'm just a cookie. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, when we get into these ideas and we're gonna, what we're going to be talking about today is when does something like this cross the line? And some of you are going to say, fortune cookies crossing the line. There are some Christ followers, and, and not to make light of that, that, that dabble in the fact that this is coming close to seeking information from another, another place. Uh, for our family, we basically think that it's just fun and goofy, but there is, you know, those that have concerns. Uh, when it comes to something like a horoscope, now I think you're getting a little cross close to the line, and we'll go through our little option matrix in a moment. But this idea of getting information, this spiritual life outside of faith in Christ, uh, that border on the edge of something, and what does that mean for us, and, and how are we supposed to respond to that? But before we start to unpack this, just a, a reminder, next Sunday, uh, right after church, we'll be doing one of our leftover ser um, sessions. So if you have any questions about anything that we've talked about, especially in the can't touch this series, you want more information about that, you had some questions, uh, things weren't at, answered to your satisfaction, or what about this, uh, there's an opportunity for you to do that next uh, Sunday, so please uh, think about that, and you may have some questions after we're uh, done today. So again, this idea of um, fortune cookies, this idea of things that come close to the occult, and we'll define that in a few moments, there's things like crystals. Some people are really into crystals. What does that mean? Can a, can a Christ follower have a, a crystal that's supposed to make you feel better or whatever? Palm reading, uh, 
Yeah, I don't think they advertise this anymore. It must still be out there. But remember the psychic network? Remember those commercials? What is that? Uh, what is a Christian to do about that? Uh, there's some folks that, uh, you know, when it comes to Halloween, and we'll unpack that in a few moments, what do you do with that? Isn't that celebrating things that are evil? Can a Christian do that? Um, even sometimes when you look at some of the other holidays, like Christmas, what does the tree mean? Where did that, that come from? Um, ESP, fortune telling, magic, uh, Ouija boards. You remember those Ouija boards? I remember one time, uh, it was birthday, and I might have been 10, and all of a sudden I'm unwrapping all these presents, and all of a sudden there's this Ouija board. Someone gave it to me, and all of a sudden I saw this hand come over my arm, pick it up, and it disappeared. And like three years later, I found it packed away in some closet, and then it ended up in the trash can. What is about that? So, you know, what do we do with those things? Um, seances, ghosts, the occult. Uh, you ever heard of something called water witching, where someone has a stick, and they move around, and they try to find water. And uh, this may even really step on people's toes. Essential oils. Sometimes you read on essential oils, I use this oil, it will give me a better spiritual experience. What, you know? What is about all those kinds of things? You, you get the idea. So when we start with any of these kinds of uh, subjects, uh, we start with this option matrix. And I think that you and I as Christ followers, when we're serious about unpacking some of these, can I touch that? Can I not touch that? What is going on? It starts with understanding this um, option matrix. And uh, we had it in the program last week. Again, it is online. You can see that. Um, there's more copies at guest services if you want one of those. But again, we talk about uh, the, four, the five C's. Is it a commandment, a thou shall not? There's no wiggle room in that. Is it a conviction? And you can go again, look at all this as we broke it down. I don't need to repeat it all. But a conviction, that, that really has no wiggle room. And then there's these areas that are matters of conscience. And you can actually have a group like this, and we have different matters of conscience. Different views on things, uh, different views on entertainment. What kind of movie can I watch? What kind of movie can I watch? All these kinds of things, and that's a matter of conscience. And when it's a matter of conscience kind of thing, you can't, I can't superimpose that on somebody else. When I do that, that's legalism. So you can, again, have people in your room and someone would say, I would never watch that. I would never do that. We talked about gambling. We talked about uh, alcohol and all these kinds of things. And that's at a matter of conscience thing. And you need, to, you need to accept people where they're at in that and vice versa. So command, conviction, no wiggle room. You get into matters of conscience. Some people are, when they think about educating their kids, some people, it's, it's home school, and that's a matter of conscience. They would never do any other form of education. Some public school, uh, some private Christian school, it, it all varies, matters of conscience. And then you get to conjecture, and that's just making a choice. You look at the facts, you look at what's, what's wise, what isn't wise. Do I rent a car or lease a car? Do I buy a car? Do I do this, do that? Um, you have to use your mind. And then there are the things that are just choices. Uh, do I like strawberry ice cream? Do I like coffee ice cream? And that's a just choice. So as we're looking at all these things, we want to go through and decide what Scripture says about that. And that's really important. And again, we go over this in depth. Uh, you can uh, look at that uh, sermon uh, from last October, and you can see the information there. So beginning, when we think about all these options, we start off with 1 Corinthians 10.23 that says, I have the right to do anything, he says, but not everything is beneficial. 
The word beneficial applies to myself. Not everything is good for me. Not everything is wise for me. I was joking with someone this week, and this seems to be a reoccurring theme in my life. In our house, we can only keep like a half a gallon of ice cream in the freezer at a time because if there's two half a gallons, they get eaten by me. So, you know, it's not wise when ice cream's on sale to buy like six half a gallon ice creams and stick it in the freezer because I will eat one a night. So, so that's just not wise for me, and you have to know yourself. So beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Uh, the idea of not everything causes the spiritual advancement of others. And there's sometimes just because we care for other people, because we love other people, we will take an option off our plate or we'll do something because we want to see someone else grow in their faith. And we're thinking of somebody else beyond ourselves. There were certain things when the kids were younger that we didn't do as a family because it wasn't constructive. It was not good for them. Uh, so everything from, uh, let's say, something as simple as not watching the news. Some nights we, we would not watch the news when the kids were little. And when the kids got older, we wanted them to watch the news because we wanted them to be well-rounded individuals who understood the greater world. But there was a time for that. There was a time not. I've, I've joked with you that uh, there's a time where they got old enough that we could watch all the Bourne movies, like back to back, one after other. There was one time where that wasn't on the table. Another time they were old enough they could, they could kind of deal with that. Both of ours were, but it was awesome stuff. Being the only boy in the family, that, that was tough with that. But anyway, so this idea of what is constructive and what is not. So when you and I start to think through this, another way of looking at this is we can say there are certain things we can receive. There are certain things we can say it is okay. And so let's just uh, unpack, and I don't want to be too controversial. I'm hoping this doesn't, like, blow your mind or you get totally fixed on it. But, for example, Halloween. What do you do with Halloween? Uh, you have an option. You can you can receive it. You can practice it. You can you know trick or treat. All those kinds of things. Uh, where where does that where does that fit? Then there are uh, things that we need to reject. And so when you're thinking about uh, Halloween, it's not uh, you know dressing up in these evil, gross kinds of things. It's not dressing up in that naughty nurse's outfit. You know that kind of thing. You got to reject that. And then there's uh, ideas where you can redeem something. You can kind of pull out some meaning and celebrate it. If you look at a lot of our holidays as Christ followers, they connect with a pagan history. Uh, look up why, look up Easter Bunny, look up eggs, look up the Christmas tree, and you can see there is a connection. Uh, Halloween, what do we do as a church? We, we, we redeem that. We do trunk or treat. We have a safe environment. We don't go crazy with that, but we let kids dress up and have a good time. So you have to start thinking about what can I receive, what needs to be rejected, and what can be redeemed, what can actively be connected and used to, 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 to God. So we've got to kind of try to figure these things out. We need to think. We need to be thinking Christ followers. Uh, you don't check your mind at the door. You need to engage with this. You don't just follow something because I said it. Most of you don't do that anyway, but you don't, you don't get caught. You need to investigate. You need to think through. You need to be, why do I do what I do? What's the theology behind this? I need to understand this. In Romans 12, 2, we read, don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God You'll be changed from the inside out. 
So it's out of that growing relationship with God that you and I change from the inside out and we start to figure out what we should receive, what we should reject, and what we should redeem. And we're thinking through that. Another uh, little tagline or little phrase out of uh, the First Corinthian passage, out of the message says, you know, don't look to what you could just get away with. We talked about that last week. It's not about getting away with stuff. If you, if you approach your faith, what can I get by with? Where is the edge? And I want to get as close to that edge as possible without, quote, unquote, sinning. Why, why are you doing that? Why is that your bent? Why is that your direction? Why is that your approach? It's not about what you can get away with. Uh, we want to be very leery of that. Verse goes on to say, readily recognize what he wants, that's God from you, and quickly respond to it. It's a beautiful thing when you and I are, are, are following God and his impressions upon our heart. We're walking with him, and we quickly respond to it. Just this week, I had a conversation, and, and what caused the conversation to happen is I saw the person, and then I had this impression, and I think it was God leading me, stop what you're doing, go have a conversation with that person. And I did. Sometimes I, I don't do that. Readily respond. Be in a place where you can respond to God leading and working in your life. Unlike the culture around you that's always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Again, putting others first shows maturity. Putting yourself first shows immaturity. God brings the best out of you. If you allow him to do that, develops well-formed maturity in you. So as we start to look at these things, and again, we're going to give you a definition of occult and spiritual things and that, and where, where that line is and, and where what you need to be careful about. But uh, this whole idea of thinking through these things, being informed, being wise. Uh, we read in uh, Romans 14, 22, cultivate your own relationship with God, but don't impose it on others. That's the idea of matter of conscience. You're fortunate if your behavior and your beliefs are coherent. It's the opposite of being hypocritical. You're fortunate when what you believe and your behavior, they match up. And boy, what a turnoff that is to our greater world. When we claim values, beliefs, behaviors, and when we get pushed into a corner, we act a completely different way. The two need to match up, not just for the benefit of your own life, but the benefit of those are around you. Verse 23 says, but if you're not sure, if you notice that you are acting in ways inconsistent with what you believe, some days trying to impose your opinions on others, other days just to please them, then you know that you're out of line. If the way you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. And so, when we approach all these can't-touch-this kinds of issues, we need to make sure that our beliefs and what we think match up. So when it comes to this idea of these things that uh, these spiritual forces, getting little in extra information, something like a fortune cookie, am I basing my life on that? You know, hey, there's this, and then you go out and do that, that kind of a thing. When it comes to spiritual forces in our world, there are only two spiritual forces that work in our world. There's only two. There's God and 
his angels, and then there is Satan, the forces of evil, in his fallen angels. If you read in Revelation, it says that about one-third of all the angels decided they were going to follow the devil, follow Lucifer, follow Satan, and, and do their own thing. So you have two spiritual forces working in our world. God obviously is more powerful. Um, he's allowing certain things to happen, moving towards history, towards the uh, ending, towards the setting things up. We sometimes talk about that communion when Christ returns and set things in motion when there's a new heavens and new earth. But in the meanwhile, we're in this, this place. So either your spiritual power, your insights, your ideas come from God, or they don't. They come from Satan. There's, there's just two forces. So when it comes to inside information, when it comes to ideas, when it comes to horoscopes, when it comes to all these kinds of things, when it even comes to this witching idea with water, where is that power? Where is that information? And, and sometimes even, and this may get me trouble, not all, but some alternative medicines have this little bit of that in there. Uh, when, when, an, when an oil says that it helps open your eyes spiritually, what, what is that going on with that? That is, if there's any transference of energy, it's, it's coming from the evil one. So we need to understand it's either God or the evil one. Two spiritual forces. There's not a third benign one. It's one or the other. Uh, the dictionary defines the occult as hidden, secret, and mysterious, particularly pertaining to the supernatural. So when someone asks me about crystals and all of that kind of stuff, we're going to see from Scripture that you got to stay away from that. You do not want to open the door for that kind of evil influence in your life, in my life. You need to be aware of that. You need to understand that. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, Be well balanced and always alert, because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly, like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. That's not to scare you. It's to make you aware. It's to bring a prudence into our lives that we realize more is going on than we see. Now, that doesn't mean there's a demon behind every bush. Sometimes people blame everything on, you know, oh, look, the enemies are working hard today. You know, I go out and get a flat, there's a flat tire. Well, Satan must have done that. You know, you, know, you, you don't do that. That just is, it's way overboard. But their idea here is throughout the New Testament, throughout the Old Testament, we see that there are two forces and they're trying to influence our world. And some of us would look at our world today and say, wow, wow. The evil one, he's roaring like a lion, and he is devouring prey left and right. Again, not being afraid of that, not being scared of that, being aware of that. Peter doesn't say, be scared. He says, be alert, be aware. Read in 2 Corinthians, the ruler of this world has blinded the men of those who don't believe, the minds of those who don't believe. They cannot see the light of the good news, the message about the divine greatness of Christ. Christ is the one who is exactly like God. There is a battle going on. 
There's a blindness. Sometimes we see these things, and I don't want to get into all the details of it. We go, wow, can't they see what that means? Can't they see what is happening? Well, no, because they're, they're blinded. It, is, it blocks their view. They don't see the world through the, through the, through the eyes through the, of God and, and what he's about. They just don't, they just don't see it. Zechariah, Old Testament, says people use their little statues. This gets into the thing, oh, we don't have little gods, but this whole idea, use their little statues and magic to learn what will happen in the future. But that is useless. They see visions and tell about their dreams, but it is nothing but worthless lies. So the people are like sheep wandering here and there, crying for help, but there is no shepherd to lead them. You and I can enter into a relationship with God. We can have the shepherd, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, lead us. And when we don't have the good shepherd leading us, we're like sheep without a shepherd. We're lost. We're aimless. There's other passages where Jesus talks about they're harassed and helpless, and it breaks his heart. He doesn't get mad at shepherdless sheep. He has compassion for them as Christ followers as we look around our world as we look at our communities sometimes we look at our own home when someone has not placed their trust in Christ and that's reflected in the way they interact with their world yes it's disappointing yes there's ripple effects yes there's consequences but look at them as sheep without a shepherd have compassion and you know the reason you and I, hopefully, if our values and actions are integrated, don't participate in those things, is because we have a shepherd. That's the only difference. I'm no better than them. You have a shepherd. Respond to them. If, if you're wondering about that, if you look at life and go, wow, I'm confused, all this, slow down and say, do I really know the good shepherd? Is he leading my life? Have I hardened my heart? Am I open to him? Because if you've said yes to Christ, the good shepherd, God, has joined your life through the Holy Spirit. And, and you have all you need. I have all I need to take it moment by moment. In Deuteronomy, way back in the Older Testament, don't try to learn what will happen in the future by talking to a fortune teller or by going to a magician or a witch or a sorceress. Don't let anyone try to put magic spells on other people. Don't let any of your people become a medium or a wizard. And no one should try to talk to someone who has died. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these, these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive those nations out before you. You must be faithful to the Lord your God, never doing anything he considers wrong. Any source for information, for special insight that doesn't come from God should be far, far from your life. So for me, you know, a fortune cookie, no big deal. It's a game. Horoscope, I think, just crossed the line. I, I've met people that, that read them and either think they're following Christ and, and that, that has something to say to them to their life. Well, my horoscope said this today or this or that. No. None 
change. You are to find me as the source of your leading. General thoughts, but also fine-tuning thoughts that a shepherd, a gentle shepherd, a kind shepherd, sometimes a firm shepherd, would, would lead his sheep. Leviticus, don't dabble in the occult or traffic with mediums. You'll pollute your soul. I am God, you are God. He sang a song about being holy. Holy is a fancy word for being consecrated, being being God, set apart for his use. And to be set apart for his use means instructions come from God and God alone, not other sources. So that means, you know, we really need to watch. We need to watch what we find entertaining. Where does that cross that line? Be a thinking person. Make sure your entertainment leads you towards Christ, not away from Christ. And yes, there's some neutral things in there that are just, you know, fun bubblegum for your brain and distraction. That's okay. But you need to figure that out for yourself. How does that work? Don't dabble in these things. Be aware of them. When people try, tell you, try out the fortune tellers, consult the spiritualists, why not tap into the spirit world? Get in touch with the dead. Tell them, no, we're going to study the scriptures. People who try the other ways get nowhere. A dead end. And when you have people saying, this spirit is speaking to my life, I don't believe it's a spirit of a person that's uh, passed away. I believe it's some of those fallen angels and they're bopping around wanting to lead you astray. They want to convince you something else. And they may even give you some temporary truth. But you do not want to open your lives to any of that kind of information. Over the last 35 years, I've had a few people that have opened their lives to those things. Subtly to largely. And yes, it's possible to get out from under that. And so I, it's just not pleasant. You just don't want to play with that. You just, as a, as a, as a pastor, I, just stay away from all of those. So, now I'm going to talk about a specific. And some of you are going to say, ooh, I love this. I, I do this. And I'm going to say, uh, yeah, that, that, can, that can be possible. So don't check out when I say this and don't uh, hear me to the end. Some of you are going to say, yeah, stay away from that. Some of you are going to say, no, I embrace that. But I think there's uh, some ways to think this through. So, for example, yoga. Um, what do you do with that? Um, what, what does God say about this? So, so first we need to look a little bit about the background of that. We need to understand what is, in a sense, uh, going on. You see, the background of yoga is it is a spiritual practice deeply rooted in Hinduism. In its, I don't even want to say this, in its purest form, in its, in its most connected form. If you study and figure out what they're doing, the poses, even, even the word, even when they say um, they believe there are three kind of forced gods. And when you're saying um, it's actually A-U-M, 
and the A stands for one of them, the U stands for another one, and the M stands for the other one. So when you say um, you're actually calling to those spiritual forces. Now, if, if you were to talk to someone from India, they see that their, their faith is expressed through yoga. Yoga brings them the positions, uh, even some of the greetings, even some of the phrases they use is welcoming like the, the sun god. They, there's millions of these gods. And there's this one force, and then there's these millions of gods underneath them. Uh, when you hear things like, um, you know, reincarnation, karma, it's at all tied to that energy force. And as a Christ follower, when it's directly connected to that, when it's not an exercise devoid of all of this stuff, you, you need to stay away from it. E even when you see people do this, that's a symbol for acknowledging the God in you. Well, you and I are not gods. We don't attain to that. So, so that, that's, that's not accurate. That's not true. Most people wouldn't even know that they're doing it. And it's interesting also that uh, when you think of, um, you know, sometimes we think of evangelism and we think of sharing our faith and, and those kinds of things. Uh, in uh, India, the, the whole idea of yoga is, is, is their evangelistic tool to waken people to all these ideas. And they'll even talk about that when you get into the, the purest circles of that. It's to, it's to knock down our defenses. So when there are these little spiritual little things in that, that's something that a Christian should be a part of. Now, yes, uh, yoga, the exercise, the breathing, all of that. But when you say clear your mind, as a Christ follower, you're not to clear your mind. You're supposed to focus your mind on God and on his word. You need, you need to understand these kinds of things. So the practice of it, you just need to be very, very, very careful. Uh, the whole idea of yoga is the idea of union or yoking yourself with, I'm going to say it wrong, Varam. But this is the idea of that big spiritual force out there that's leading. And we want to be connected with it according to yoga. So, th so they, they work on these ideas and these concepts. And even recently, um, there was a... There was a a, uh, a movement coming out of India that they wanted to, in a sense, get yoga back to their faith because they realized that it was being used just for exercise and they didn't like that. It'd be like using some symbols of our faith. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little offensive when uh, people, let's say, wear a cross and, and it has nothing to do with faith. You know, it's like, why, you know, why are you doing that? It's just a decoration. It's just a thing. Well, well for someone who's really into this, um, there was actually an a, 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 uh, ad campaign, Get Yoga Back. And it was all about bringing it back to this. So we just need to be really aware of these things. Because there is two forces out there. There's God and there's Satan. And, and, they're, and they're warring at each other. And they influence us. And we need to be aware. Again, not scared, but aware and it's already i'm not going to get in your blanks i don't have a slide for this um the other things so all these things that dabble in that and we need to be aware of them we need to make sure that we're not dabbling in those kinds of things we don't need to welcome that into our life paul says this he says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil 
in the heavenly realms. This is serious stuff. So this idea of you know, crystals, this, all these kinds of things. And, and if there is a true spiritual power, that is not of God. So it's from those evil spirits. And in a sense, we need to run from them. We need to stay away from them. We don't want to welcome them into our lives. Again, I, I've had a few, not many, a few people that have done that. And it is, it, it, it's, 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 not, it's not pleasant at all. So when it comes to a Christ follower, sometimes people will ask me, uh, you know, relationship to evil spirits and uh, people. Uh, yes, someone can be possessed by an evil spirit. And we're going to say as a Christ follower, you can only be possessed by one spirit. So if Christ is a part of your life, it does not mean for another. But there is this idea. You see it in the New Testament. Uh, sometimes you see some of these just evil, horrendous acts that have been happening in our country and around the world. And sometimes you see the faces of these people. I'm not going to say every time, but there is evil there. And that evil is kind of ruled the day, or not kind of ruled the day, did rule the day. And these are the expressions of that. Then for a, a uh, Christ follower, uh, you, I think you can be oppressed. I think you can be bothered. I think you can open the door to that if you start reading things and studying the occult and go and investigate that and, and cross that line. I think that becomes, you can be obsessed with it. Sometimes Christians will say, is it all they talk about? And, and that's, again, not, not the role of a, a Christ follower. Uh, we should be possessed, professed. We are following Christ. We follow him. We know greater is he that is in us than is in the world. We understand those things, so we lean in. But we just need to be aware of these things. We don't want to dabble with it. We don't want to play with it. We want to stay away from it. We read, but I'm not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. And those, again, would be fallen angels. Sometimes people talk to me about, they think they have a ghost in their house. Sometimes I think it's just them overthinking their imagination, and sometimes it can be an evil spirit. It's the world we live in, and this may be, wow, over the top. I don't talk about this stuff this often, but it, it's, it's a part of faith. It's a part of our world. There are two forces out there. And so sometimes someone can get involved with this stuff, and all of a sudden they feel like they're getting insight, and they are getting insight, but it's insight from the evil one, not from God. And there can be this time where it's, you get stuck. And again, as a New Testament, when you hear these, uh, you read these uh, situations, it's, it's, not, it's not just make-believe in there, but it's real stuff. And to think 2,000 years later that those, that third of those fallen angels have just disappeared, that, that's, that, that's not true. Read in 1 John, delightfully loved friends don't Trust every spirit. Be careful. Examine what they say to determine if they're of God because many false prophets have mingled into this world. And again, that's that conflict that is going on. Ephesians, we read, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather 
with souls. First Corinthians says, so that we would not be exploited by the adversary Satan, for we know his clever schemes. Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I'd be a slave to my needs and maybe to that effect. Sometimes when things are really getting messed up, people seem to be blinded, even Christ followers, and there's all kinds of confusion and conflict. Sometimes I think Satan's at work. Sometimes I think it's just the selfishness of ourselves. (laughs) our own deceitfulness, our own sin, but sometimes it's the roaring lion at work. We need to be aware, but not sure. The Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Don't overthink it, but be aware. So what's our bottom line? And we kind of tie it into this whole idea of yoga a little bit. Be aware, not scared, that the supernatural is only a stretch and breath away. Closer than you think, but you need to be aware of it. of life. He is faithful. So as we wrap things up, and I don't want to over talk, but I just want you to be aware, stay away from things that dabble in this kind of stuff. Tarot cards, fortunes, all that, all that kind of stuff. It, it's of the occult. If you're trying to, if you're thinking there's another angle, another source for information, you and Heavenly Father, we thank you that we serve an all-powerful God. We just sang about you and the strength that is in you. We're thankful that you protect us. But Lord, we can be foolish with our lives. We can enter into situations that are not for a Christ follower. We ask that you give us clarity of thinking, that we wouldn't get caught up with lies that are not true. Sometimes those lies that are not true are so obvious to us. Sometimes they're not so obvious to us. Sometimes we play right into Satan's hand, if you will, as he's roaring around us. So give us wisdom. Give us a confidence in you, we pray. In Jesus' name.